0: Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast. Today is episode number 117, and on today's program, we're going to be talking about uh, shop setup and the things that we often forget about. I want to thank Woodcraft Supply for sponsoring today's episode. Since 1928, Woodcraft has been providing woodworkers with the best tools and supplies. To get a free catalog, visit woodcraft.com. Or visit one of their 75 stores nationwide. Woodcraft, helping you make wood work. So today's topic for the podcast is inspired by a listener and viewer of the TV show. Randy wanted to know how big our shop was for the TV show and Mm. whether he could build his shop around those parameters. Which like opens up our, our, several our cans TV of worms. Show. The yeah, TV show, show
1: set. set.
2: Our TV show. Yeah. Okay. It only has three walls, so really, it's like infinitely big.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's an open air shop. Yeah.
2: yeah. So no, I'd say is it a little bit bigger than a two car garage? Do you think?
0: Oh yeah, it's, and I like you know when we garage? moved it. When we moved into the space, I didn't remember how big it was. Cause I, we measured it like five or six times because yeah. when we brought the walls back up, but, uh, so anyway, I measured it, it's 36 feet wide from cleanup mm-hmm. center to our new annex over on the other wall with the kind of where we do all of our turning and some of our other mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's 25 feet deep. Which is a good size yeah. and you'd lose lose that scale when there's no fourth wall there. Mm -hmm.
2: Sure. I would say if you're not trying to fit a bunch of TV cameras in your shop, you could probably go like 25 by 25, it saves some room. But if you're going with the TV cameras, go the full 36 feet.
1: Yeah.
0: But if somebody did a 36 by 25 building and it was dedicated for a shop, you would not
1: be dissatisfied. I don't think. Right. I think you would fill it up fairly quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I, I mean, mean, like, like nature workshops things. abhor a, vo- a vacuum. So yes, mm-hmm.
2: yes, I would definitely say if you have a table saw, um, don't make it 16 by 16 cause it makes it really hard to run eight foot boards through your table saw. I can see that you're going to hit a wall one way or the other Yeah. or planers or anything. Sure. So, yeah, but I think our, yeah, our shop would definitely be a good, uh, a really good size for a home enthusiast.
0: Yeah. Especially if you, you know, you had the wherewithal to be able to build your own separate building. Mm-hmm. Whereas I have a building that's smaller than that, but also houses two cars, a raft of
1: bicycles, and 4,000 balls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Plus my workshop. The, yep. the one thing that I would be interested to see is if we re- rearranged our TV shop uh-huh. to not take into account camera placement and stuff, how we would each change it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because sure. we have we have some particular tools set up in certain areas and they sit in certain areas simply for the fact that we have to get cameras around them to shoot. Mm-hmm. So like there's yeah. there's things I would change. Like I don't care for the table saw up against that wall. I would no, probably sure. move that and do the jointer planer up against the wing of the table saw. Because then they share the same space and that would maybe mm-hmm. move to the center of the shop. Right. You know, yeah. so I would, I would change some stuff like that. Um, but there's considerations huh. we have.
2: Yeah. Right. You know? And like I mentioned, we only have three walls. So if we had that, a fourth wall in a shop, there would be stuff on the other side of the shop right. or maybe that would just be more of where, um, like lumber storage would be. Cause we don't really have that on set of, of what a normal, yeah. like, shop would have of as far as lumber storage
0: yeah and i I think part of what intrigued me was because like the the basic question is interesting like he saw our shop you know that we have on the show in our videos and there is i mean even now as i'm looking over it there's a lot of open floor space on it which is definitely appealing Mm -hmm. and then when i thought about it some more like it is kind of interesting to think about like what goes in in a shop. Cause I, when I responded to him you know, the easy answer is like, it's 36 feet by 25 feet, but you know, like we don't have a dust collector in the space. Mm-hmm. It's just offset in a, another room, so to speak, even though we're all in one room. And we also, like John said, we don't have uh, lumber or plywood storage in this footprint either. But again, with yep. that fourth wall, put in there, suddenly there's space for that. I yeah. think. I mean unless you go super crazy. Yeah.
2: Or you yeah. have a bandsaw mill. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just saying.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I think the no. the two things you just mentioned are probably the the things that people don't necessarily consider in the Footprint when they're thinking about a shop is like, oh, I got to get all these tools, but they didn't think about the dust collector or dust collection or cleanup or, right, or that or that kind of thing, or or maybe the amount of materials that you're going to end up having to store and organize and uh, accumulate over time. So,
1: yeah. But, now let me ask you guys this: if you were to build a you know, shop that size, a 25 by 36, something like that. Mm -hmm. Would you guys put a garage door on
2: it? I would just, I mean, it's nice having a huge door to get, get like stuff in and out. So you're not like trying to squeeze stuff out of the door. But the other thing on that is like when you're building a large piece of furniture, it's like, Oh yeah, I can get this out of my garage, but I didn't consider getting it into a house that has a, you know, certain size door or hallways yeah. that, you know, have to turn corners and stuff. So, but it is nice to, to just load and unload stuff through a, a large garage door. Yeah. And I would do it would as a single, build? I
0: would do it as a single garage door if I, okay. if I were to build a building that large. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it would just, and whether it would be a garage door or, you know, like a carriage door or something, you know, where it's a double door that just, opens out you know not does it doesn't necessarily have to be a full-on
2: remote control garage door sort of thing but and and it's just nice to have even for like climate control when there's nice days to be able to open it all up or for clean out just to blow everything out and or open it up and get some fresh air yeah well now
1: that that's kind of where that question stems from is you know we talked about me building shop. I'm trying to decide whether I put a garage door in the shop section or not. Um, the one thing I don't like about garage doors and we have found the, the scenes here in the old editor shop, garage doors eat up a lot of space. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they eat up a lot of wall real estate that I don't know that I would really want to give up.
0: Yeah. True. Well, that's why I would say to do it as a single, you know, or, yes. you know, if you could build it, you know, if you're going to build like a carriage door yourself, then it wouldn't have to be quite that large, but still big enough. Like you could get large, like John was saying, get large projects out easily load materials and also have the proverbial, you know, especially around, you know, if you're in a place that gets a winter, when you get those first couple of warm spring days where it's like doors open and I'm kind of working outside today. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and. I do you think? Do you guys think a set of French doors is a substitute for a garage door? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so because
2: that's what we have in the the shop here, and it's nice to open those up, and and yeah. it's pretty functional as far as getting uh, lumber in and out or projects in and out if we need to, you know, right? It's plenty and big and, yeah. and yep, yeah, so.
0: yep. Yeah, I think so, and then So anyway, I was also thinking like. You know, you know, we talked about in having lumber storage or a dust collector, and this pertains to you, Logan, I think, is, like, what are the things that people are liable to overlook in planning a shop space? Because I think it's really easy to look at a space and, you know, like, this is where the table saw is going to go. This is where my workbench is going to go. And you have, like, those those big pieces that are going to occupy your time in the shop, but then you're going to forget something like, oh, what do I do with the air compressor?
1: Yeah, I I would say the ones that I'm thinking about that I think are overlooked is air compressor location, dust collection location. If you could put those in separate room, I think you're, you know, better off.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Right. But you still have to factor them in
1: you do yes you have to factor them in somewhere i'm probably i'm thinking i'm probably going to stick them outside the shop in the cold storage area um, so that's kind of what i'm thinking just to keep noise and stuff out there especially if i'm trying to do some filming and stuff inside the shop which is my plan outlets i think are one of the most overlooked thing everybody talks about it but then i don't think people give themselves enough outlets yeah. even after talking about it like Bro, go every go every four feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not that much more to add that extra outlets. Like if you're mm-hmm. starting, it is if you're retrofitting a shop. But if you're building a shop from scratch, the walls are open. Yeah, give yourself outlets. I mean, you're pulling the wire anyways. You're gonna add extra two feet per outlet mm-hmm. of wire, and it, oh, yeah, give yourself outlets. And in my opinion, you're best off giving yourself a couple outlets in the ceiling as well.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: You know, for hanging for hanging air cleaners, uh, right? For retractable, you know, extension cords, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just I think you can't overlook that.
0: I was also thinking then, one other thing that would be that's you know, like building your own shop is is one avenue. A lot of folk are trying to cobble together space from what's already mm-hmm. existing in their house. And I ran into this in my shop when I first set it up, you know, cause you get it set up and well, you usually set up a shop twice, once in your head and then once in real life. And when I had my space in the garage set up the first time and I started building some stuff, I quickly realized that one thing that I had overlooked is where does the project go as you're working on it? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, I use my workbench for a lot of handwork, and it's my primary assembly surface. But then, you know, most projects, if they're a decent furniture scale, are going to have sub-assemblies or casework, and then drawers and doors and all that kind of. Where does all that go while you're working on it? And that's the video studio. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, it's something that's just easily forgotten or not considered is if I'm working on a piece or the kinds of pieces that I want to make in progress, they have to be sitting somewhere in order for me to
1: continue working. Yeah. Yeah. Because the workbench is not the ideal spot for those because you're working on other project Mm -hmm. parts. Yeah. I, I, so I'm a huge fan and this was, this is by happenstance that, uh, we have during our process of scaling down our offices, we got rid of our large photo suite. Okay. Uh, and our photo suite is a, it was just a big white piece of melamine on a, on a big rolling cart that we used to take photos of stuff on a white background. Yeah. And we, we let the shop guys adopt this cart. And this, this massive cart is a laminated surface, right? It's probably two layers of plywood with a laminated surface on it. Uh, glass laminate that is a fantastic assembly service and right. if you go in the shop that's where people's projects sit as they're getting worked on and I think having a large assembly table I'm gonna I'm gonna call it an assembly table now mine in my shop right now is also my outfit table so it's not the best spot for it or not not the best utilization of what I have currently but I think a large assembly table like that would be perfect. Now it's probably going to do double duty in most people's shops because most people don't have the room. That's a big part. It's probably five foot by 10 foot. Right. It's like the size of a basketball court. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it would probably do double duty in most people's shops, like standing table or, you know, you know let's call it a clamping table. Um, right. I really like that idea and I like how it has functioned in our shop and office.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i'm thinking about i'm i'm designing a project in my head as we speak now all right like thinking of like a work be- and we kind of have this in the photo studio with that one workbench that has a like small like assembly cart underneath of it uh you know what i'm talking about the the blue no. the wall oh, the yes. wall unit yeah the one wall the workshop. Little, i mean yes. a really low it's assembly thing yeah. but like a a workbench that's all open underneath, and then it's got a like full-size cart kind of just underneath that, that pulls out and can be, you know, your assembly table. But it's tucked away when you so you don't have two full-size workbenches at all time that they're kind of tucked underneath each other. So you have your workbench and then yeah. your assembly cart underneath. Mm-hmm. Of, so you got then you can pull it out for two work surfaces and fill all of those up with just stuff on the top all the time. Yes. Right. Like more flat surfaces. Like ours
0: currently are right now.
2: Yeah. I remember
0: yeah. there's a I have no space for it in my workshop, but I've always loved it is uh, Shop Notes long ago did a an assembly table cart that mm. was adjustable in height. Like you pulled these different yeah. pins out and you could raise it up and it had two flip up wings. Sure. Um and it's just a great concept because, you know, depending on the project, if you're doing an assembly, doing the assembly on your bench is ridiculous because I'm not minute bowl, you know, I'm just not that mm-hmm. tall. It's yeah, it's, it's the wrong height and working on sawhorses is okay sometimes. And usually the way I go just because of the s- shape of my shop but it would be nice to have it on wheels where you could just turn the cart around and work mm-hmm. on something else rather than having to constantly circle around it like sharks in the water or something.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think that in a perfect world and I think in You know if you if you sit and think about a project i think you can maybe get away without having an assembly surface if you get all your parts done to a point i mean you're probably going to have sight maybe you could say if you pre-finish stuff get stuff already maybe you get away without one or have enough of a work surface on your workbench you could get your assemblies done get all your parts done put together what needs to be put together and then put the rest of the project together on your workbench without having to make more parts. I don't know that that's feasible really now that I'm thinking through it more. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking As like usual, my mouth is running faster than my head. Right. Like,
0: you know, <laughs> when you do drawers and doors on a project, you kind of need the mm-hmm. whole thing. I mean, I guess you could dry clamp it and fit yeah. parts like that and then disassemble, but that just feels like a lot of
1: excess steps.
0: Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of back and forth. Which, yeah. if that's the way you got to go, then that's the way you got to go. But the other thing that yeah. I was thinking about as an overlooked area would be like a space for metalworking.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's good to keep that stuff separate from your woodworking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's something that everybody does. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, there, I don't mm-hmm. know that that is something I would say every woodworker needs a. a Distinct metalworking area. Everybody has cut bolts at some time, right? Right, and I Everybody guess that's what I'm thinking to sit of. Like, short.
0: yeah, and I'm thinking even if it's just you know, because I think of my metalworking space is a small vice stand. You know, Logan, you built one very yeah. similar, and it basically just is a place where I can use my hand crank grinder to <laughs> grind chisels, or you know, you're cutting off yeah. a bolt, or you're modifying a hinge, or You know, cutting a piece of brass with a hacksaw to create a
1: connector or a tab or whatever. Somewhere where all the metal shavings can go without getting buried in a project part when you lay it down.
0: Right. Or Mm -hmm. the various, you know, oil-based fluids that are associated
1: with metalwork. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, I always... (laughs) Right now, I mean, yeah, my vice stand is in my shop, and I do cut stuff down there. But I like the idea of having that stuff in my garage versus my shop. Sure. Now, does that mean that I'm 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 lazy? So I'm gonna go. I, if I'm in my shop, I'm just gonna clamp it in something and cut it there, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but theoretically, I like having that stuff, like you said, separate but I would be then keeping that in the garage with like my grinder, my welder, all that stuff is in the garage. Right. So,
0: yeah. And you definitely have to consider you know. like, what's your, you know, cause I try to do, even though my garage shop is pretty small, uh, I still want to have a metalworking station out there because it's the metalworking that's in service of the woodworking projects. Yes. Though I have it in a place that's kind of like the transition between like where my woodworking area and the garage area is. So when I am, you know, filing my garden shovels, it's not that weird to just clamp it in that vise and run the files across, you know, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Or if I'm doing something with a car and need to, you know, grind something or whatever. so. But yeah, normally I'm kind of a, I really like to keep the home improvement repair maintenance shop sort of stuff away from my woodworking shop. I want to thank Woodcraft Supply for sponsoring today's episode. Since 1928, Woodcraft has been providing woodworkers with the best tools and supplies. To get a free catalog, visit woodcraft.com or visit one of their 75 stores nationwide. Woodcraft helping you make wood
1: work. Now in that in that spirit, let me ask you, this might be me, I don't know. Do you guys have one of those little plastic fold out things with tools in it and that's your like home improvement type stuff? Like, no? Okay. Phil's face is telling me that's just me.
2: Like a toolbox?
1: It, well, yeah, I mean...
0: Well, you mean like a what it is, clamshell it, kind of?
1: Yes, yeah, like the clamshell. I bought it at Kohl's for 1945. Oh, and, yeah. And it has a pink <laughs> hammer, a pink okay. screwdriver. Right, the Father's, a yeah. knife. The father's
0: Day toolkit? Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I do not
1: have yes. that. So, I don't oh, have my that. gosh. So I have... Like This is like true confessions now. I have one of those in my. It's in my kitchen. It's it's in one of our cabinets in the kitchen. Anytime I have to change batteries, anytime I need a stupid set of pliers for something, I have thousands of dollars of tools downstairs, mm-hmm. two like eight stairs away. I go for the pink clamshell thing, and yeah, that's what I use. I, it's like kids kids toys need new batteries. That's what I'm getting down.
2: All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I have a place in the basement right off the laundry room where I keep all of the kind of repair tools and, you know, the little, I have a bin that has like the little eyeglass screwdrivers, because that's what you need to use to open up kids' toys, to put batteries in and that kind of stuff. And I also have separate totes for, you know, like your electrical stuff and your plumbing supplies and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I did that last summer when I was trying to make room for lumber and stuff and I'm like, I was just sick of everything being all over. I I did the same thing. I did like an electrical tote, a plumbing tote, a drywall tote, a flooring tote. Mm. So I got all these totes that it's, it's very convenient, especially when I remember to put stuff back in them. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. And then I was also thinking like, would I actually, if I had the inclination and the space, would I want a shop this large for myself? And, and that's a hard one. It is because I've just gotten used to working in very small spaces. So I would feel like I would have half of the space as my workshop and the other half would be like a racquetball court or something, or I don't know. Cause it just is You're know, like, when I look at our shop right now at the studio set and yes, it's a studio and we use it that way, but we also use it as a shop and it has all the tools that we need. Mm-hmm. There's a miter saw on it. I mean, we have two floor sanders, a big disc sander and an edge sander in the space. And there's a humongous lathe and plenty of storage. Yeah. So
1: I was going to ask you guys, is there anything you guys would add to our, if that shop or your shop, is there anything you would add to that tool wise that we don't have? There's one thing I would add and that's it.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm mean, a dado saw, but that doesn't count. <laughs> That's being pompous. Yeah.
0: If yeah, I you were have to, to have two add table any... saws. Yeah. If I were to add anything, I think I would take out the lathe. And since we're totally operating in a dream world here, I would put in some kind of a slot mortiser.
1: Okay. See, I would add a drum Or Oh. Like, oh, like, uh, a, like thickness yeah, yeah. a thickness sander yeah 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 yep i would i would add one of those because that thing is i don't use it every day but when you use it it's invaluable yeah you know it's like
2: yeah.
1: it sanding it erases all the sins
0: yeah and i would that's one past, thing i always run into the I other shop to thought use thought that it was a totally luxurious superfluous tool that a person does not need to have however
1: I would still categorize it as that, right. Yes. However,
0: but watching people like Dylan and Mark and John even using that, it's like, oh, that's how that works, and it's genius.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would almost have I would I... almost have one of those before I would have a jointer.
1: Hmm. Mm. Okay. I, I understand where you're coming from, but that doesn't mean I like
0: it. Right, but that's why we do this.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, no, and I, 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 get because you can get away without a jointer, especially if you are if you if you're just jointing the edges of boards. You know, hand plane, no issues. If you are trying to flatten a face of a board, you can get that done with a planer by making light passes or hand lane or shimming or whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: and that's where I'm thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now I think our, there are like very specific types of tasks in the shop that that thickness standard is almost a necessity. If you're doing bent laminations um, and you're resawing stuff, you're trying to get resawn laminations to thickness, that thing's perfect. That, you know that you like. Yeah, you can trade that for anything. Yes, you can send them through a planer with a sled. Not the same. Uh, same thing with doing something like uh, uh, bent laminations. Uh, if you're doing like your work and you were making your own veneers, that would be perfect for yeah. it. Um, but yeah. Although our building supervisor Kurt. Said that he w- he uses his sander. He bought. Uh, we had a big. I don't know if it was two headed sander. That big Supermax. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't remember if it no, had it two didn't. heads in it or if it just had. I one. think it was. Oh, okay, so it just had one.
0: Yeah, I don't remember now. Yeah, but that one was a big, Anyways, big one.
1: Um, yeah, and he said he uses that. He prefers to use that over his planer really yeah which I thought was kind of seems like a lot of dust right
0: and feels like a lot of like you'd burn through a lot of sandpaper with that
1: yeah but that's uh, that is that is the one thing that I would add in there
0: I was going to say is would you keep the jointer planer combo
1: Yes, I would. I think. I say this with hesitation because yesterday I was at the Oregon Woodwork, uh, the Oregon Woodworkers Guild. Sure. They had a sixteen-inch Oliver jointer. Wow! And I have never lusted over a tool like I lusted <laughs> over that one.
0: Like you would need like two like, men I and a boy though to like. You know, cause I'm thinking like some of the slabs that you work, that you saw, you could theoretically run over yes. the jointer, but.
1: Oh, you absolutely could, but you need to, yeah. You, you, need need a like, you need a basketball team. A Clydesdale to pull it. Yeah. You need a Clydesdale to pull it as people are pushing down yeah. on it. Like, yeah. but it is, it was awesome. So, you know, hypothetically in a dream shop, I'm going to have a massive, absolutely ridiculously massive jointer and a, Planer that came from the railroad that was like thirty eight (laughs) inches wide, you know, like bream shop. Come on, Um, but I think for most shops, yes, I would keep the jointer planer combo. Okay, because the capacity on the jointer is really really nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, And my biggest issue with them is the dust collection on the planer side is not the best. Uh,
0: Yeah, I can see that, but unless. And I'm, I'm only, and this is the kind of the fun part of talking about setting up a shop is because there's so many things where you really want to be, mm-hmm. you know, like this is what it's got to be, but it's so subjective on the types of stuff that you do. Like I've, I very oh, yeah. rarely oh, yeah. need to have an hour long planing session. So Correct. most of the time I'm just planning a couple of boards. So if the dust collection is slightly inadequate, is it that big of a deal? No, it just is like a couple more minutes with a broom. But...
1: Is that more valuable than having the floor space saved because it's two machines in one? Which I think it right. Is. Oh, yeah. I, I would take that trade off. Yeah. 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 But
0: You know, I they don't make them anymore, and... I know that there is a certain cult following around it because I would actually even if I had the space I don't know that I would go back to having a table saw
1: okay
0: um, even though I, I don't I don't disagree even though, though I, I we have them here and I use them so I'm not morally opposed to the table saw so don't get that that on there but um, it would just be nice to have that footprint cleared up for other stuff. However, mm-hmm. that being said, like the old Inca tools, like they used, they made a, a, a jointer planer it was kind of a bench top ish sized tool, but the, you know, mm-hmm. that was a, and they're still pretty highly regarded or followed or, and then they also had a table saw, but the table saw had, cause it was a tilting top table saw and the Arbor came out the side yep and had a slot mortiser on it. So it's this compact, cute as a button kind of tool. Yep. And I would use it, you know, I just like that concept of the slot mortiser. Cause I know, uh, no offense to like the multi-router, Panto router, even the router jig that I'm in, still in the process of making is will do the job of a slot mortiser. However, at its heart is still a router, which even though I love using routers, yes. if I can minimize the amount of times that the screaming happens, I will do that. You know, and a yes, so a slot mortiser hiring. on these tools is only running like thirty-five to forty-five hundred RPM, much quieter tool, mm-hmm. and still doing the job. So that's that would be my dream for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've talked before, like there was a Roblin that came for sale right. in Des Moines. It was several years yeah. ago when Vince was still here, and I, I, I'm i kicking myself for not buying it. I didn't have the room for it. I didn't have the plan to build yeah. the shop then, but one of those big five-in-ones, one of the big old good American cast iron five-in-ones or Canadian cast iron yeah. ones, you know, like those are sweet. Yeah. You know? Now, again, at the Oregon Woodworkers Guild, they had a Felder Sliding table saw which was
0: awesome like yeah and I say that about table saws but I've seen people using those sliding table saws and it's like that's super cool that would be the only thing probably that would get me back into using a table saw is having one of those big freaking sliding
1: it it was massive though like you could not do that in a one car garage because you had all these arms that like they all slide out as you're pushing it and stuff but it got it was cool
0: yeah. One of our former designers here, Kent Welsh, uh, like for real found one in a barn uh, and, and I think his is, his is, it's the sliding table saw, but it's the sliding table saw five in one. So sure. it's the jointer planer shaper uh, that's sliding table saw kind of thing.
1: Yeah. That's awesome.
0: And so he fixed it up and that's really the centerpiece of his custom furniture business. You know, like he's got a, he's got a bandsaw and a drill press I think are his only two other main power tools, unless I'm misreading his, his feeds.
1: But, um, but yeah, that's awesome. So, and I think I've, I think I've talked about this, but I have this weird like desire, not right now, but when I, get to a point in my life where I'm not working aka gay retired. Um, I have this weird fascination with getting one of those like little prefab sheds. Okay. You know, like, like the, like around here, it's the, you know, the, the Amish made shed. You buy them for $3,000. It has a front porch and a bunch of windows and it's a little yeah. tiny cabin basically. Yes. But I want one of those and I want to just turn it into a turning studio. And I okay. would just be a, a hobbit. I'd bury that thing inside of a hill, put a round door on it and be a turning hobbit and it would be fantastic. Okay, uh, But I, I like the uh, philosophically. I like the idea of just trimming everything down, having my turning stuff in one of those. That's all I have is my turning stuff. Um, but I don't know how, how feasible it is. Now I say that with Bill Carter's basically working out one of those making sand plates. So.
0: Right. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by, and he totally does work that I don't. But I appreciate his shop, uh, Curtis Buchanan in Tennessee, where it's essentially a small cabin like that, and it's got a front porch on it. So when the weather's nice, he's out on the front porch and he's making Windsor chairs. Sure. And I don't see myself doing that day in and day out, but having that flexibility or a compact space that's Homey and welcoming enough mm-hmm. to to do that. Yeah, I could definitely see. Uh, yeah, a work the workshops at Bag End.
1: Oh yes, yes.
0: That and, would be you know, that would be super cool. Yeah, and which they, is why I would probably eschew going to a, a humongous shop, is to yeah. having kind of a small, fun space where somebody walks in and is like, "I've seen the stuff you make, and you make that in here."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to talking about stuff that's not thought about, um, in shops, window placement. And that, what, what I'm getting at is those little things always have these windows in them. Those little, right. Um, cabin type things always have windows. I think windows are something that people don't really give much thought to where I don't not necessarily windows. Cause I think people understand and people have heard everybody talk about, Oh, you need natural light. You need as much light as you can. You need windows. Um, uh, and this is coming from somebody whose father my dad is very against windows in a shop or in a garage because he has this weird theory that i mean and it, i mean it, it's valid but he thinks that's a, that's an entry point for a burglar right Somebody's oh, yeah. gonna break through your window and rob you or they can see what you have like and i i understand that but i will take that risk for the light and the ability to open up windows for ventilation Right. However, placement of those windows, I think, are extremely important. Yes. You know what I mean? Making sure that they're placed in areas where they're not going to interfere with tools that you're using. Like, you don't want to put your drill press in front of a window. That's goofy. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you put your your router table in front of a window that's lower than the window. But, um, you know, we always talk about making sure you're... Your workbench is against the south facing window so you get all the natural raking light across the workbench. I mean, I'm not going that nuts, but yeah.
0: Yeah. No, and I would uh I was thinking, you know, our ol- old video studio, we had the back shop where we used to make props. I always loved the windows in that space yep. because they were I mean, I don't even know how that building was built that way, but there was, there were three sets of windows, like they were paired windows, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but they were taller and set lower to the ground or to the floor so that Mm -hmm. it just felt like it was a really light filled space. And I would love that in my shop. Also, I would love to have a wood burning stove. Totally impractical. My insurance company is currently hating on me right now but I think that would be super
1: cool. I would just love it. Yeah. And these are all things that are like going into my thought process, building this shop because you know, I know that I need an knows I'm trying to figure out where it plays and work tools or whatever. Um, I just did get stumps ground yesterday. So like we're ready for the dirt that I got delivered to all get moved into place. So progress. But, um, although, I know Jim's listening. I haven't got his electrical bid yet. So Jim, I need my electrical bid. Um, Stumps Ground, but, I
0: think is a Pacific Northwest coffee shop, right?
1: I, yes. yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I'm trying to figure out what to do with heat. And I know, I know Nelson's listening too, and he keeps telling me in floor heat, I get it. I know, I know. But something about me, just like you, Phil, really likes the ambiance of having a wood burning stove in the shop. Yeah, like I just really like that idea. Now, I think the shop I'm planning is probably going to be. I don't think there's a wood burning like pot belly stove that's going to heat an entire space, right? Um, so I think I would need one with a blower on it, which is more of like a, a wood burning furnace that has a, an air blower or air handler that shoots the air out.
0: Right. Uh, but, but, I mean, you're going to want to condition that space anyway, so it would be like yes. I would want – because this is totally our I want a pony dream world.
1: <laughs> um, yeah.
0: I would probably still have a mini split in there with the wood burning stove. For supplemental.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes, because I think then. So
0: think because then, in the summer, I'm not constantly raining sweat on my projects. Yes. And yes. in the winter, you know the wood burning stove would be perfect in the in between seasons. Mm-hmm. And kind of the ambiance in the mm-hmm. in the in the deep winter where you could just use it to just keep things rolling along.
1: Yeah, for sure. And would probably um, and, make me
0: better at getting rid of small scraps instead of hoarding <laughs> them.
1: That's fair. That is fair. Um, now I will say my fear is if I do a wood burning stove or wood burning furnace. Now I, yeah, you're right. I have some form of conditioning for air, you know, air conditioning. And so there's going to be something else in there. Um, probably a mini split or a series of mini splits. Um, my fear would be that if you have a shop that has her pulled to it, you always need to make sure that that ambient air stays above freezing. Right. You don't want your lines to freeze. So yeah. that's the bigger thing that I am kind of like, yeah, I need to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things. So
0: Yep always fun stuff when we talk about setting up shop. And I think that's probably the one reason that the topic is so popular. And it's, it's interesting because it's really popular with people who already have workshops.
1: Well, and I think it is because it's like, it's like a house. Once you have owned a house or two, you know what you want in a house. Right. Oh yeah. And once you have owned a shop and set up a shop and worked in the said shop, you know what you want in a shop. <laughs> like right. you know, you can identify what you don't like about your current shop. You can identify what you do like and you say, Hey, next time I would do it this way or this sounds like a great idea. I'm going to do it that way. And then you do it that way and it's like, mm, okay, that didn't work how I thought it was going
0: to Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, as woodworkers, we're also very aspirational, you know, Because we're building projects, but you know, we want that shop space to be inviting and a Mm -hmm. place where it's fun to be in that space. You know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a place of employment for most of us. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not a job site, to sort of speak. You know, it's like, like Chris says, it's a little bit, it's it's sanctuary.
1: Yeah. Yep. But you know, the one thing that I am most excited about building a shop is getting a shop cat. All right. Not, not going to lie. Like, and I did a, so a couple of years ago for Woodsmith, I wrote a pets in the shop article.
0: Right. And took a certain amount of heat on it.
1: I did. Well, okay. So, and let me explain this because Lurking, And I don't know how much our listeners are on social media or Facebook, Instagram. People have their pets in the shop all the time. Absolutely all the time. I don't know how often I see, I mean, daily I see pictures of people's shop companions. You know, it's their dogs like laying in shavings right. or their, you know, the cats on the workbench or their goat on their workbench. You know, like people have their pets in their shop all the time. And that's great. So I wrote the article kind of as a slow your roll, protect your pet. Kind of <laughs> was kind of what what the I mean, yeah. There was some goofy stuff in there, like you know, hey, here's earmuffs for dogs. That's a real thing. Right. Um, you know, that's that's a little silly to put your earmuffs on your dogs, but like, hey, make sure they have a spot they can go that is, um, you know, maybe covered in moving blankets, so it helps deaden some of the noise, or they're not breathing in dust or whatever, you know, just like be a responsible pet owner. right? Um, and oh yeah. Oh, people hated it. Like I got so many emails from veterinarians and you know, just people saying, what is, you know, what are you doing? Like, well, people should not have their pets in the shops. Like, well, yeah, I get that, but people do. Right. Right. So yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things. Um, But yeah, I'm a, I have always wanted a shop cat. I tried to get us a shop cat when we moved into the video studio. Um, but I think because it's an outbuilding, I want a mouser. There you go. Right. I was trying to convince me to get a shop snake instead. And I said, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) So, so I'm going to go with like the barn cat model, get a, get a spade or neutered barn cat. And, um, let them hang out in the shop and put a little kitty door in and let them, let them catch mice. Okay. bring it
0: on. And I was just,
1: I was, I was thinking that because um, I have heard, I have a friend that has a, he he basically has a large, large machine shed shop. It's actually a, like a, uh, a, a processing shop, a butcher shop. Um, He does it for friends and family and stuff. But it's a it's a Morton building, finished on the inside, heated with a wood furnace. So one of them, you put the wood in, and it has a it looks like an actual furnace. It goes air. Right. Uh, He has a problem with mice. Yeah. Because he brings in the those IBC totes, those big, you know, 250 gallon water totes. They come in like aluminum or galvanized steel cages. Right. He takes the water tote out and throws his wood in there, and then he just uses his tractor to put that. IBC tote full of wood inside the shop and throws wood in there, right? Yeah, Th- Throws wood in the, in the, uh, uh, furnace out of that. Well, he always brings mice inside. So, because they're always living in the split wood and stuff. So yeah. I'm thinking if I'm going to be heating a shop with wood, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a mouser. So pretty excited.
0: Okay. All right. I think that wraps it up for another episode of the shop notes podcast we would love to hear your thoughts on either your current shop or your dream shop um what you would add or take away what are the things that you would think are essential or non-essential parts of a shop that people often have are you more of a minimalist small shop kind of a compact person uh, or would you have like separate spaces for power tools and hand tools and all that kind of thing? You can email us, woodsmith at woodsmith.com, or you can leave a comment on our YouTube channel where you can also see where we're going with this episode. Uh, I'm going to put a, a couple of links and some ideas for shops on our show notes page. You can check that out at woodsmith.com slash podcasts. want to thank Woodcraft Supply for sponsoring today's episode. Since 1928, Woodcraft has been outfitting woodworkers and their shops with everything woodworkers want. Whether you're looking for the world's best tools or the most amazing wood for your next project, Woodcraft has been helping you make woodwork for more than 90 years. Visit woodcraft.com or one of their more than 70 stores nationwide. Then go make something cool. And we'll see you next time on the Shop Notes podcast.
1: Bye, everybody.